So let me let me see if I got the question right. There's a certain conversation around uh, people holding ceremony, animist ceremonies, uh, sometimes called shamanic ceremonies, as a wounded healer. You've probably heard the term like the, the path of the wounded healer. Um, and that ideally someone who's holding that space is someone who has been through whatever wounding, whatever uh, pain, and that they've found healing for that. And then how do you, as someone holding that space, myself specifically and broadly as well, how do we not um, essentially pollute all of you with my baggage and how do I not become polluted by your baggage? Is that, is that right? Okay. Well, the one fundamental to me in all of that is that there is no there with the healing journey. I have never met anybody in my entire life, and I've worked with some you know, very well-known, very high-level teachers and leaders of ceremony and all, you know. I've been very blessed to have been able to spend most of the last 14 years of my life traveling the world, working with different teachers from all kinds of different traditions. And I've never met one of them that I can say, wow, you were totally healed. I've never met one of them that I can say, you are totally enlightened, including the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Where I can say, wow, you are definitely totally enlightened. So the wounded healer, the idea is you go through a process of death and rebirth and you come out the other side and you learned what you learned. This is also like, um, you know, if you're interested in mythology and like Joseph Campbell and um, the hero with a thousand faces and this story that underlies, it is like the human story, the uh, personal, our own, each individual lives, our heroic journeys of just being human. The wounded healer is the story of that, of going into this dungeon, into this Mordor, into this matrix into, you know, the empire in Star Wars and coming out the other side and being able to take that knowledge back to your community. That is how all of those stories, they tie up in the end. Frodo has to go back to the Shire. You know, Neo has to go back and get other people out of the Matrix. Um, Luke and Han Solo and everyone else, they go back to receive their medals and stand on the stage, right? And, 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 and then eventually open up a school for teaching young Jedi, etc. All of these stories, right? It's, it's, the same, it's the same story, and it's the same story as the wounded healer. You go through this experience, you come out the other side with this knowledge. But, you know, it's one of the fun things that, of, for example, continuing with Star Wars, of how, if we then fast forward to the reboot... Right? What happened? Luke creates this a Jedi training center. And but he himself isn't quite there. <laughs> he's he's got his he's got a lot of trauma. His dad did some not so cool stuff to him. His dad wasn't super cool to him. His dad was really abusive. And he's got his traumas. And then what happens? He sees his dad in his nephew and gets triggered. And he acts out his pain, which then triggers his nephew. So 
here we have Luke, who the mythology of Star Wars is fascinating to me. So he started out as a white knight in the in uh, episode four, right? A New Hope. He starts out as this white knight, which is someone who's totally uh, idealistic and you know full of valor, and he's just going to go and rescue everyone. Then he confronts his shadow in the next one, in Empire Strikes Back. He confronts his shadow, and who is his father, and he, he falls. He falls, and he's no longer this white knight. And they did this even if you watch it. In the first one, he's wearing all white. In the second one, I think not quite as much. And then he comes back, right? And what's he wearing? He's wearing all black. Now he's a black knight. What is the black knight? The black knight gets portrayed as someone who's sort of essentially evil, but that's not at all what's going on. Is you know, Luke doesn't come back evil, but he comes back and he no longer is thinking in terms of right and wrong, which is moralistic, right? He's thinking in terms of the balance of life. He's ter- thinking in terms of the balance of the force. So. Same thing when someone is going through this, their own dark night of the soul and coming out the other side. I mean, doing what I do in this space, my role in this space, it's not about making you feel good. <laughs> you know, you're, you're doing activities where you know you're not going to feel good. And I'm, I never tell you that you're going to feel good. <laughs> I'm never saying, yeah, come, you're going to feel good. You don't feel good. If I was only, if I was coming from a white knight kind of mentality, I would never permit that. I'd say, no, no, you got to feel good. Let me me make you some tea. Let me rub your feet. Oh, there's some painful stuff. We don't need to look at that. But the wounded healer or the black knight is someone who's confronted their shadows, overcome their shadows, and now can pierce anything because they're no longer affected by illusions in the same way. Taking that back a step again, that doesn't mean that they're perfect, right? Luke, even then, when he was no longer blinded by the illusions that he had been blinded by, there was, it's all, as they say, a glass onion, right? It's fractal. So he dealt, he confronted the the shadow of his father, but then And he thought, this is the real thing, is when we think that we've got it figured out, that's when we're truly screwed. So he thought he got it figured out. He thought he had it completely figured out. He started this school. I'm just going to train all these Jedi. Oh, look, my nephew. He's a great guy. I'm going to train him too. Right? He thought he had it figured out until it caught him. It's the same trauma. It just came back around again. Now, on that subject, just as a quick aside, I one of the ways that one of my teachers described it, which I liked, was that when that trauma comes back around, it can feel like we're just going in circles again. And we can go, oh my God, not this again. I thought I healed this. I thought I was done with this garbage. But what, but we're looking at it from a top-down view. If you look at it from the side, you can see you're spiraling up. So every time it's, okay, now it's hitting here. Now it's hitting here. It's the same, it is the same trauma, but you are reaching it. You're, you are at a higher level. And you're confronting it at a different level. So back to the root of your question, how do I keep myself from putting my garbage on people in ceremony? Well, I don't always. 
I try. <laughs> um, I'm not perfect. And I have not recently, but in the past, I've definitely put my garbage on people. And how do I not get other people's garbage on me? I, my specific strategy for that is to come from a place where I can love anything and everything as it comes up. And is that the state of mind that I live in all day, every day? No, I spend a lot of time there, but it's not where I live all day, every day. In ceremony, is that where I'm coming from? Mm, almost the whole time. I want to say almost always. Even if the energy of the room is coming through me and I feel intense grief and pain from everybody, I still love that grief and I love that pain. And I'm, I'm grateful for it because it means we're alive. If we're sitting here and we're crying and we're feeling grief and pain, it means we're alive. This is another moment. This moment is a moment we get to be alive and grieving and crying together. We're all, yes, we're suffering, but we're all suffering together. And that, to me, has tremendous value in terms of recognizing and feeling the state of compassion. If we're all in this together, I've suffered like you. You've probably suffered like me. I've suffered like you. I've suffered like you. I've suffered like you. Like we've all... And you've all probably in your own way suffered like me. So I can see that we're all in this together and that gives me a sense of connection. And that connection helps bring me back to that place of being able to love it all. Not just the good stuff, but the hard stuff too. Not just the, not just the pleasantness and the pleasure, but whatever emotion needs to move through, dynamically accepting that emotion, that that's just what's moving through and then being friendly towards it. So that's my practice on how do I handle the energy in the room. How do I not put my garbage on other people is essentially the same thing, but the flip side of the coin. If I am in a state, if I'm in that state, I don't feel that there's separateness between you and me. You're just another myself and I'm another you. I see you. I, I see all the ways in which you're human, all the ways in which you have loved, all the ways in which you've lost, all of your own personal suffering, all of the joy and kindness and warmth in your heart. And I know that I have all of that in me too. We're, we maybe have come from different places. Maybe we're born in different countries. Maybe we've walked different roads that look different to get into this room where we're sitting with each other. But fundamentally, we're essentially the same. We're just different fingers on the same hand. Yeah, but then uh, we could be in a different level of that spiral. Sure. How, do you, how are you sure that I can handle what you can handle? That's an interesting, that's another whole other question. How can I? Um, you can handle love. How do, like, how do I know that you can handle what I can handle? I know that you can handle love. And also, if you are here, let's, let's use the example of trauma because a lot of people come to this work because of trauma. You survived the trauma. Whatever the trauma was, you survived it. So you can definitely survive the emotion attached to the trauma. You can definitely move through that emotion. If you survived the original trauma, you can survive the emotion. So if I'm sitting here and I'm crying my eyes out, which you've seen me do because of something that I'm feeling. I mean, the last time that you saw me crying my eyes out, uh, 
I was thinking about how dearly I love my sons. <laughs> we don't know why someone's crying. You know, we see someone crying. We don't know why they're crying. Um, so the last time that I can, that I can, that I remember crying in ceremony where you were there uh, was that's why I was crying my eyes out. I was thinking about how tenderly I can start. I definitely could start crying right now about it. How tenderly I love them. How special they are to me and how I cherish them. And I experience overwhelming emotion. And that emotion, for me, personally, not right or wrong, just for me, that emotion comes out, it can come out as sobbing. It's just overwhelming, overwhelming emotion. But it's positive. It's just, it's, we can even transcend what is positive or negative emotion to a certain extent of emotion is emotion. Emotion is energy in motion. It's just energy inside of us in motion. We can say this is negative. We can say this is positive. We can put our spin on it. It's just life. We can say that the day is better than the night, that the summer is better than the winter. It's all just two sides of the same coin. So if a proper container is being held, then yes. Let's, but let's say that I'm sitting here. Let's, let's, let's say that I'm sitting here and I'm processing extremely deep, painful trauma, and I'm sobbing because of that. If the container is properly constructed and held on an energetic level, you don't need to worry about that. That's just something that's going on. And if, if I am the person who is at the focal point of that container, or at the, the constructor of that container, the holder of that container, let's say, There's different, this is something that has, depends on the tradition. This isn't like a universal thing. Um, but at least the way that I was taught, the, probably if I'm crying about all that trauma, 80% of what I'm crying is actually people in the room's stuff. It's actually 80% not my personal stuff. Um, for me, usually I start feeling the energy and emotions of the people who are coming to ceremony up to a week before we actually get together. I'm already doing the work energetically for you <laughs> a week before we actually get together. Um, and many people will say that too, that they start feeling, the, um, especially people who are, have been part of the community for a while, they start to have processes and they start to have, things are happening a week or 10 days before we get together. Time as we perceive it, is not exactly how time is. So I, just speaking very personally, I'm very, very, very committed to my own healing work. I view it as an absolutely lifelong process. One of my mentors, her 80th birthday is coming up in a few days. I'm very excited. I, was, uh, I, bring, this, I bring her up as an example fairly often. She, years ago, I was sitting with her and she had just come out of therapy. And I said, oh, how are you doing? She said, oh, I just had a big therapy session. I realized I'm still trying to be a good girl for my dad. To put it in context, at the time, she was like 75 and her dad was like 102. <laughs> you know? But she was still going to therapy regularly. She was still completely committed to her growth at, in her mid-70s. Now she's in her very late 70s. And for me, that's how I view it. It's, it's, this, it's a lifelong process. So today I'm coming to you and I can say with confidence, I am 
I'm by far at the best level that I've ever been in in my life. I have essentially no vices left in my life. I'm very happy. I'm in a very good place. But does that mean I'm healed? Right? Because if you asked me a year ago, I would have given you a similar answer. I would have said a similar thing. But yet, I'm much more healed than I was a year ago. If you ask me in 10 years from now, I'll probably look back at the person I am now and go like, I thought I was healed, but nothing compared to where I'm at now. And I look back at myself 10 years ago, and I thought I had done a a good, I didn't think I was like healed, but I thought I'd done a good chunk of healing work. And I look back at myself 10 years ago, I'm like, what a mess, (laughs) what a disaster I was. What What a disaster, but I thought I was pretty good. So that's the other tricky thing is that our own personal healing journey is a mystery. You don't know who you're going to be in 10 years. You don't know who you're going to be in 10 minutes. But bringing it back to your question, the root of it, by being continuously focused on my healing journey, it doesn't mean I'm not going to put my garbage on other people. It just means that I'm a lot less likely to and that I am accountable. I take personal responsibility. If I harm anybody anywhere, any way, any time, if I harmed someone 10 years ago, if I harmed someone 20 years ago, whatever my intentions were, I will take responsibility for that situation and I will do whatever's in my capacity to help remedy that situation. That's, I feel like, the best we can do. We can show up with integrity. We can show up and take responsibility for our actions. And we can show up and be responsive to the states of other people. I'm open, you know, right now I'm, I'm open. I am responding. I am receptive to where you are at. If, if you start laughing, I'll probably start laughing. If you start crying, I'll probably start crying. Not from a place of being wishy-washy, but from a place of just what you're breathing out, I'm breathing in. What I'm breathing out, you're breathing in. We're sitting in the same room. We're, we're, we're as I said, different fingers on the same hand. I am also responsible for what I'm breathing out, though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Does that answer your question? <laughs>